You know, the scripture says that we live and breathe and have our being in him. And, you know, I'm so glad that when God looks down and, and, uh, and he sees his creation and, and, uh, and you could say the mess that's so prevalent, that he doesn't just pull the plug because <laughs> it's good. We live and breathe and have our being because of him and in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's not all about us. It's all about him. It's all about him. <laughs> I played golf with a gentleman on, uh, on, on Wednesday and, um, and he said, oh, what do you do? And I said, I'm, I'm the pastor of a, uh, of a church in Bendigo. And he says, oh, you're the bloke that, that tells people to give money. <laughs> and I actually thought, how sad. How sad that that's... Now, I do know this person and he is quite cynical. Um, but how sad that, that that's even a, that is even a, a thought. But I'm going to talk about um, offering this morning. But listen carefully. Listen carefully. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, if you look through, through Proverbs... Proverbs often, you know, there's, there'll be a little run of verses that are on the same topic, but then there'll be verse, 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 and they're just they're almost like they're random thoughts. They're not. They're God-inspired thoughts on so many different topics. But this one, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, I've heard people talk about this verse before and and um, and and say you know that 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 word rich means that you know we we you know rich in 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 who we are and and all those things and and, and I would I would agree but I want to just have a look at two words in there the blessing that word blessing um, in uh, in the Hebrew its first word of its definition is prosperity. And look, we know that prosperity, total life prosperity is not all to do with, with money because you can have stacks of money and, and not have health. You are not living a prosperous life. <laughs> you, know, you, can have, you can have health and money, but your relationships are a mess. You are not living a prosperous life. So it's, um, prosperity is all-encompassing. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. That word listen carefully, means to accumulate, chiefly to grow or cause or make rich. So we sort of know what that's talking about. And in fact, in my uh, New King James Bible, that verse in Proverbs has two cross-references. And the first one's in Genesis chapter 24, verse 35. And this is where Abraham has sent out one of his servants, a very trusted servant, 
to go and find his son a wife. Um, we do it differently now, don't we? But that's how they did it then. So this, um, this servant goes to um, Abraham's, where Abraham grew up, to his um, family, if you like. And when he had found this, this lady who was, actually had a servant's heart, uh, Rebecca had a servant's heart, and, and you, saw that, you, you see that in, the, in this passage. But Genesis 24, verse 35, the servant is actually explaining to Rebecca where he's come from. And he said, The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great. And God has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. So... In, uh, in that time, yeah, they measured wealth by, by certain things and, and I think all the things are, are, are there. And it says um, of Abraham that he was, um, he was uh, very, very prosperous, very rich. The other cross-reference is in Genesis 26. Now this is uh, some years later and it's um, speaking of Isaac and in verse 1 of verse 20, uh, chapter 26, it just says, There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. And um, he had a little issue with, um, with, the, uh, with his, his wife because, well, the issue wasn't with his wife, um, the issue was with all the people who saw his wife because uh, it says in verse um, 7 that uh, she was beautiful to behold. <laughs> he thought he was going to get killed because he had such a beautiful wife. Um, but one, once he'd sorted that one out, in verse 12 it says, Then Isaac sowed in the land, this is the cross-reference from Proverbs, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper. And continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's making a point, isn't it? For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. Now, I was um, we, we were talking about a certain thing at the um, at the men's meeting on on Thursday, and I, and I sort of used this example, and it's it's really very applicable. That any truth that the Lord gives, the enemy will try and corrupt. He'll try and make it not so. So there is a there is a, a prosperity that is the truth of the word of God. Now there is a lie that's taught, which is poverty, um, the poverty doctrine. The poorer you are, the more righteous you are. It's a self-righteous doctrine. And it's a self-righteous ignorance about what is in Scripture. So there's the truth of God's prosperity and there's this way which is the lie of, of, of poverty. But understand there is also this way that is a prosperity deception. Okay? And the Bible talks about it about personal gain 
you know, Paul writes to Timothy and says, those who desire to be rich fall into a temptation and a snare. And he was talking about people in the church, not people outside. And, uh, and, and talk, he goes on to talk about them departing from the faith and piercing themselves through with many sorrows. So there is the truth of what God wants to, to do. And there is a lie on either, either side of, of that truth. If the devil can't get you to go one way, he'll get you to go the other. But Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says that we are to honour the Lord with your possessions. Honour the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And, you know, we could go into that, um, that verse deeply. But, you know, the barns being full of, of plenty, it actually speaks of, of, you know, stuff, material stuff, plenty of. But your vats be overflowing with new wine. New wine is the presence and life of God. And that's what we want flowing out of us, the presence and life of God flowing out of us. And how's that, how's that brought about? Honour the Lord with your possessions. It is a very, very key element of scripture and it is God's truth. And you know, when we lock into God's truth, then God is able to, as it, as it, um, as it says, open the windows of heaven, pour out such a blessing, there's not room enough to receive it. God wants us, individually, personally, not just to have all that we, you know, an, enough, but to be a blessing Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. And that's God's truth. That's his purpose. You know, there's, um, there are different elements of, of, um, of being a generous or, 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 or yeah, being a generous person. Um, and, um, you know, one element here is, is that verse I read out in Proverbs. Um, and... Um, you know, there are so many other verses that we could, we could get into. It's a life of generosity that God is looking for. A life of giving what's in your hand, whether it be your time, whether it be your words, whether it be your financial substance. And uh, in, in all those things, as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, there's a blessing on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I think I'm going to just sit down and hand over to Jeffrey. Something is there. We're working on it. Yeah, now we're coming good. Right, so it's, 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 yeah, it's getting better. Bit of ringy, bit loud, but we'll get there. So it's a lifestyle. It's a more than a moment. We can have moments in God that are wonderful. 
But God wants those moments to become our lifestyle. The way we live in him. I've been sharing a little bit about the glory of God and I'd like to share a little more this morning but it's a it's a very wide subject it's a very diverse subject it's a very um, uncontainable indescribable (laughs) mystery but God is unfolding his word. He said to me, and I've been saying to you, there's an unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the untold mysteries of God. The glory is one of the mysteries. I guess one of my favourite verses is in Colossians 1.27 or 26. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. That's you and I. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. That is the greatest mystery that God is revealing and unfolding to us. Christ in you. You, the hope of glory. It's a mystery. The glory of this mystery. And sometimes as Christians, we just think it's too mysterious. It's something that one day when I get to heaven, I'll understand more. But at the moment, Living here on this planet, I've just got to put up with things the way they are. You know the way things are. But God has given us a revelation of his glory. Now, the depth of revelation that we walk in will be dependent on how much we embrace the word that we hear. See, Jesus came in the flesh to his people and those who were supposed to know him, who had been waiting for him, expecting him, did not embrace him. I pray 
that is not going to be repeated. That we who are so hungry for the presence and the glory of God don't embrace what we have, therefore we don't step in to the greater. See, if we don't appreciate, if we don't embrace, if we don't give all in response to what he has given, why would he give any more? But there is an unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the untold mysteries of God. It's available for the church. It's available for every individual member of the body of Christ. But will we embrace the truth when we hear it? Or will we disregard because of some circumstance that is higher in our thinking than the word? See, Christ in you. If you don't think that's a mystery, look at the person sitting next to you and try and figure that one out. Now, this isn't some other form of Jesus that we receive. This is the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit, the very essence of the person Jesus coming to us in the Spirit when we embrace the Word of God. We hear a word. Do we embrace that word or do we put it off that I don't understand that? Or Jeff speaks in mysteries and I don't understand it. Sometimes Jesus actually spoke in parables. Do you know that? Why? He wanted people to search for truth, to embrace what he was saying, but have a hunger to know more. And I find that very frustrating at times that God just gives me a little snippet of something. And then he says, now you go and search that out. Well, why don't you just tell me, Lord? Now I want you to search it out for yourself. Then it becomes yours. The unfolding of revelation. And once that revelation is revealed, it belongs to you. And when it belongs to you, the enemy can never talk you out of it. He'll try. Every time God begins to reveal a little more truth, the enemy's going to try and talk you out of it. But if we will embrace the truth and claim that revelation as my personal identity, then we're going to see an increase of glory. Christ in you and I. The same person who walked this planet doing all the miracles, the signs and wonders, revealing the heart of the Father, he came to, to live in us when we received that word. Christ in you, the hope of the glory of God. I was looking up a uh, 
verse in Hebrews last night. Hebrews 3. No, sorry, Hebrews 1, verse 3. Speaking about Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory. Jesus, the brightness of the Father's glory. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. And then I looked it up in a couple of other translations. English Standard Version. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. God in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? So that flesh could become just like the word. Easy to read version. Jesus shows the glory of God. He is a perfect copy of God's nature. Now I'd like you to turn over to Gospel of John 17. Now I have read these verses just recently, but sometimes we need to have a little repetition until we really get a hold of it. John 17, verse 20. Jesus praying right at the end of his ministry, before he's going to the cross, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That is a mystery. Does Jesus get his prayers answered? Yes. That they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me. That's the one. The glory which you gave me, I have given them. bit of a competition isn't it <laughs> hey it's just a bit of a competition how am I ever going to keep their attention if you're with me <laughs> and the glory 
Living Bible says the glorious unity of being one. One with the Father. Just as Jesus was one with the Father. What a mystery. How can that ever happen? Oh, I don't think it can happen till we get to heaven. That's not embracing the word. That's deferring the glory. And hope deferred makes you really frustrated. And the glory which you gave me, I've given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they, now this is really stretching it, that they may be made perfect in one. Now is that too much of a revelation to embrace? A lot of preachers, a lot of Christians do not believe we will reach perfection until we cross over into the eternal glory. But my Bible says that the glory that Jesus had with the Father has been given to us for the purpose of making the church one with him, perfect in one, just as he is with the Father. And many do not believe that we could possibly come into that realm of fellowship here upon the earth. So they do not embrace that because they see it as an impossibility because they don't Think in line with the word. In other words, they don't embrace the word that they see and this is the visible thoughts of God. They don't embrace it so they don't enter into it. How much of the word do you want to receive, do you want to embrace so it becomes a tangible reality in your experience? Christ in you. Oh yes, I've got Jesus living in my heart and I know I'm going to heaven. Wonderful. We're supposed to be bringing heaven to earth by representing the Father who was one with the Son who is living in us so we have a perfect unity and opportunity if we will embrace the truth and recognise it's not about my perfection, it's about his perfection. And I can never reach perfection without him. And I have to be totally surrendered, totally committed, totally in him And the scripture talks about so many scriptures where it says in him, in Christ. And when you look at that, it's talking about being one in him, embracing the word in its fullness and allowing God to unravel that mystery so that our mind can begin to comprehend what's already happened in our heart. 
And when our mind begins to comprehend what God has done when he came to live in this vessel, we will begin to experience the revelation of the mystery of Christ within. And that's going to be wonderful. Christ in you. The Lord of the miraculous. The goodness of God, the glory of God. When Moses was so hungry to step into a greater revelation of the glory, he said, I want to see your glory. God said, I'll make my goodness pass before you. So you had the goodness of God resident in you. The goodness of God, we can't comprehend the 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 the, the the mystery of the goodness. It's just some things are too great to be able to put into words, but the goodness of God leads us to repentance. And if we'll allow that goodness, if we will embrace that goodness, it'll cause our hearts to be in an attitude of repentance any time the enemy tries to bring something that's higher than that word we have received And we can cast it down, bring it down and recognize the word of God is greater than any other force that could try to discredit the mystery of Christ within. And although it's a mystery, God wants to reveal it. Christ in you, the hope of the glory being revealed. How much do you embrace that hope? See, if we understand it, the scripture says, God, you are my hope. It's all about him. It's a matter of yielding, submitting, surrendering, embracing what he has done. All we could do to get to where we are is believe. Surrender to the word and accept it and embrace it. And as we embrace the word, the revelation, the mystery, the things we don't understand, the Holy Spirit, who is Christ in you, the exact same person residing in you will reveal all truth. How much truth do you want? How much do you embrace the truth that you have? How much has the truth staggered you? How much of the truth has stopped you where you are because you can't get over the way you think about you? I have to forget about me. I've got to get me off my mind and get him on my mind, get my mind in the heavenly things, and then the embracing of the truth will set me free from me. We can be our own worst enemy at times. The way we think. Why do we put our thoughts above the word of God? Oh, yes, I know what the word says, but you don't know what I'm like. God does, and he still came. And he said, if you'll let me do it and continue all the way, I'm going to make a brand new vessel out of you.
So did we read that? In them, you in me, I in them, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me through them. And have loved them as you have loved me. You need to learn to love yourself because of who he's made you. Love your neighbour as yourself. How are you going to love your neighbour if you don't love yourself? How am I going to love myself? I'm going to embrace the truth. That's how I'm going to love myself. I'm going to embrace the truth. I'm going to believe what he says about me. I'm going to believe he's made me a, a brand new creature. I'm his handiwork, not his handicap. His workmanship. What a work he's building. Well, you mightn't think so, but I know. Because I embrace it. I sometimes wonder why and how on earth, but I still believe the word. Passion Translation says, I have given them the glory so that they will be joined together as one and experience our unity. A unity that is unbroken. A unity that will not accept anything that causes division. Remember we spoke about an aspect of the glory being honouring one another. So I was thinking about it last night and this thought came, what is the ultimate expression of glory? Think about that for a moment. Ask yourself, what is the ultimate expression of glory? Now you can think of, well, when I'm standing in front of the throne, that would be the ultimate expression of glory, surely. When I see the brightness of Jesus on the mountain with Peter, that would have to be the ultimate expression of glory. I personally believe the ultimate expression of glory is a human being just like Jesus. A human being just like Jesus. That would have to be the ultimate expression of glory. You and I being, as humans, just like Jesus. Full of the goodness of God. Do we embrace that? Or do we have a little Christ? A lesser Christ? Christ. 
Christ in you. Yes, that's a fact. You can't talk me out of that. Christ in you. The hope. What's your hope? Well, I hope I'm going to make it to heaven. I hope so. You're going to heaven. I hope so. That's a good hope. What about the hope of the glory of Jesus Christ? The brightness of his glory shining out of you. The excellence of the glory it talks about. The Shekinah of God. See, when Jesus died on the cross, the temple torn in two, the glory came out. (laughs) That's where the Shekinah was. You ask any Jewish scholars, they know the Shekinah dwelt in the ark on the presence. You walked in. Now it now it now now it gets difficult. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Subject matter. You 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 think it, it... So, so you see <laughs> this 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 is the reality of the person of Christ within And the realisation of the glory of God being being tangible that you can actually feel the presence of God and when you begin to speak about the glory of God, the, the tangible, the anointing, the presence of God, the indwelling becomes such a reality that you feel the presence of God. And 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 when 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 we when we do when we really embrace that truth and we have enough people coming together in corporate worship and praise and honor and thanks of him can you just see can you imagine the tangible becoming a reality for everyone that walks in the place that the glory of God that unity that we have father that oneness that we have i pray that they too may have that same unity Unity, where they come together in a united heart, in one purpose, in one thought, one mind, one agenda, one accord, one faith, one hope, one glory, and the glory of God shall come in the house and there shall be a revelation of my glory in the house. The brightness of the glory of God shall shine forth from this house and there shall be evidence that the presence of God is dwelling in the house as my people begin to embrace the word and take that word as their own word and allow the hope of glory to begin to rise within there shall be a revelation and a manifestation of the glory of God in the house 
And, and when, we, when we, we begin to understand the, the holiness of God and the reverence of God, that we come into the house with such awe, expecting God to begin to minister to the very depth of us because we have embraced the truth and we're so hungry for more of the Word of God that we begin to experience a revelation, an unfolding revelation of that glory where the Holy Spirit begins to reveal and open up the realms of glory to my understanding and that glory becomes a reality in my experience. A human being just like Jesus, could it possibly happen in the house? Could we embrace that truth that I've just read to you from the Word of God that God says is his thoughts toward us. Wow. How hungry are we for truth? Oh, wow. I am... Um I might just read that out of the Passion, just see what it has to say. Um, Colossians 1.26, or we can find it somewhere. I, um, it, it, it is... It is um, One of those moments. See, when, 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 when the presence, when the anointing is, is that strong, I, I just want to sit down and soak in. See, that, that's, that's, that's part of the, the drinking experience. And when God's people learn how to drink, from that well of salvation, that living water becomes an experience where we continually come to him, the source of that living water. And that's going to become a river. That's going to become a river. But I just preached on that, so I better not go back there. Wow. Um, <laughs> Paul speaking, he says in 25, I've become a minister by the authority of God and a servant to his body so that in his detailed plan I would fully equip you with the word of God. Do we, do we want to be fully equipped? Or do we just want enough equipping to get to heaven? How, how, how much? How much? There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise. The Rotherham translation calls it the sacred secret. 
It's a sacred secret that God wants to reveal more of himself to you. Do, do you want to go beyond the parable? Do you want the unfolding of the parable? This divine mystery, the sacred surprise, that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, it's being unfolded. <laughs> unfolded, well, fancy that. And manifested for every holy believer to experience, to experience tangible. And if you don't, if you don't know by now that this is tangible, then you need to start crying out to God. You need to get hungry. Unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ. <laughs> Here it is who floods you, who floods you. Your well is going to be flooding you. It's going to overflow. God's going to put the fire in your well and it's going to start bubbling over and he's going to flood you. How much of the presence of God do you desire? How much do you want God to fill and flood you to overflowing so the glory of God that's resonant in you becomes a revelation through you. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and he wants everyone to know it. Paul was so passionate about this word that God had given him about Christ in you, the hope. Oh, do you want the realisation of the hope to become a, a, an earnest expectation within you? That's hope. I'm earnest about it. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm so wanting more of Jesus. A human. Are you a human? then there's hope for you and it's called the hope of glory and it's living within you if you've invited Christ in and he wants to absolutely explode inside you. <laughs> I've only just started on what I wanted to say. Time. Time. I'll just give you a little other thought. Uh, anyone, some people here know Bobby Connor? Heard of Bobby Connor? He's a very well-known prophet. I was listening to him preaching a little bit last night. And every year, on the Day of Atonement, Jesus shows up in front. Every year, Jesus shows up. 
with him in person and tells him some things. So he writes some things down and, and just a very short time ago, a few years ago, he wrote, I think it's called the, better not quote it because I, anyway, he writes about what's coming and he wrote and said there was a pandemic coming. Now, in case you haven't noticed, things have been a bit screwed up for the last two or three years, bit of a mess up, hey? Bit of evil coming to the surface. That's what it is. And I said back in beginning of 20 when it struck, I said, this is an attempt to shut down the church. And so, just so you realise that Bobby Connor is a genuine prophet, he, he says things and then he says to you later on, well, it happened, didn't it? Because God told him. Well, he said also about the situation that we are still in, by the way, but we're right at the tail end of it and there's coming something that's going to be mind-blowing for a lot of people. But he also said about that time, the pandemic, There'll be a shake-up for a wake-up. And there certainly has been a shake-up. But is the church waking up? The church needs to wake up. He said there'll be a shake-up for a wake-up to get the body of Christ to embrace a greater glory. Did you hear that? To get the body of Christ to embrace a greater glory. There is a greater glory available, but the church has to go through a shake-up so they will wake up to what's available in the Word as they embrace that Word and begin to realise that that Word is a very personal package for you. It's the hope of the glory of Christ resident in you, that Christ in you being that hope will be something that you will embrace so that you come into a revelation that's unfolding of the greater dimensions of the mysteries of that glory. And the glory of God, the goodness of God is going to reveal himself to you in a greater measure so he can reveal himself through you. And that will be divinely packaged just for you. A totally personalised package of glory to be presented in your personality which is being changed into the likeness of Christ so that the goodness of God will reveal through you as you begin to present what God has done in you and allow it to flow through you, there's going to be a revelation of the glory of God in the house in a greater measure. But when we honestly start to anticipate and embrace the word that we're hearing with great expectation, 
and come into the house with such a reverence for the presence and the glory of God that this house begins to shake. It's time for a shake-up so that we truly wake up to what God is up to. And God is up to something. And he wants to reveal that to you. He wants you to have that inside information, that wisdom of the Spirit, which I'll talk about later on. But when we've got a revelation of who we have resident in us and we begin to embrace that with our whole heart, a whole soul, a whole mind, everything within us, we're just embracing who he is and what he has done and allow him to unfold a greater understanding that our mind will begin to comprehend. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. And I present myself. I submit myself. I yield myself. Father, it's your heart. Expressed through the words of Jesus. Empowered by the Holy Spirit within us. Who will illuminate our understanding. That we will have enlightenment of your plans and your purpose for each one of us, that we can walk in your perfect, tailor-made plan and not only love being in the presence of your glory, but to allow that glory to shine, to come forth by the Spirit of God, making Jesus Christ truly attractive to everybody, to the glory of God. Father, let this word be received into our hearts. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you bring this back to us to cause us to meditate and expect an unfolding revelation of your magnificent glory that you've placed within each one of us that we can learn to walk in the realms of your spirit and all the glory to you, Lord. Amen. anyone hasn't got communion, would you like to go and get it?
How do you think we all stack up being one as Jesus is with God? Are we one with Jesus? I think we've got a long way to go, but God knows. Um, in Romans 8, 1 and 2 in the Passion, it says, So now case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus had liberated us from the law of sin and death. So we're forever changed for what Jesus has done for us. And, um, you know, it reminds the devil every time we have communion, of his failure and um, Jesus wiped out the power of sin and judgment that led to death and God took back dominion over the earth so that means we can walk in power as Jesus walked in power on the earth when we take communion it's as lining ourselves back up with our true identity which is Jesus Christ we are celebrating the resurrection of the power of Jesus and the blood of Jesus paid for everything. It washes us white as snow. And in Romans 5, 1 and 2 in the Passion, um, the heading there is our new life. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. He now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into the marvellous kindness that has given us perfect relationship with God. What an incredible joy bursts forth within us to keep us celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. How's that? We can experience God's glory and we've just had a whole sermon on God's glory. So if you'd like to stand and take your bread. Oh Lord, we just thank you for your glory. We just thank you that you brought Jesus Christ for us so that we can be saved. We can walk just like Jesus on the earth. Lord, help us to... Um, to comprehend that we can do what Jesus did on the earth, Lord, and to celebrate everything that Jesus has done for us, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Let's partake of the bread. And his blood for us. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I've got some. Um, I've got some homework. I'm going to do. Um. You know, of those, those scriptures in, in John um, where Jesus prayed, um, you know, we probably know them and, and 
you know, there's there's a there's a there's a knowing them, you know. We could probably quote some of them and all of that. But you know, there's a meditation that if we if we will give ourselves to that word, um, that um, that that allows Holy Spirit to write that upon our heart, and that's where it's at. It's writing, allowing Holy Spirit to write those things upon our heart, and and, and that doesn't ha- it, it doesn't happen by not giving yourself to it. I mean, we, we've. It's a powerful word this morning, but you could just sort of put that on the shelf and say, oh, yeah, okay, um, and go about the rest of your week. Well, really, there's actually, there's actually a, something that God wants us to do with that, and that's to meditate on his word to allow that to actually manifest in our life. Hallelujah. Well, these little people look like they've been busy. Uh, so good. That's very good. Um, yeah, just one uh, one more thing before um, everybody departs this morning. Uh, now there's, you know, we know that there's been um, lots of flooding happening, and uh, and that's affected many people, particularly um, people who are living next to major watercourses. And you know, sometimes I think, oh, it's good that um, Bendigo is not. Beside a <laughs> beside a big river, um, and look, there's a lot of clean up and things um, happening. Um, out on the on the table, there's some brochures um, from Samaritan's Purse. Um, now, Samaritan's Purse is an organisation, Christian organisation, who uh, who actually um, get out and and help in a practical way. And I'll just ask Lois if Lois, if you come up here, just just a very brief. Um, uh, explanation of, of, of what those are. Yeah, Lois Keane. Uh, I've been in um, Echuca and Rochester in the last week um, helping um, the Samaritan's Purse people um, who are a volunteer organisation, relief organisation, uh, actually attached or as an arm of the Billy Graham Association and they reach out all over the world when there's disasters of uh, floods, fire, um, earthquakes, uh, even uh, when the Queen um, passed away they sent chaplains over to the um, castles, the palaces to mix among the people and uh, say a prayer or talk and courage. So it's just an international organisation. Here in Australia, it operates out of Sydney. But uh, they had a look at the Echuca and Rochester area and and Shepparton, all the north, decided to make a base in uh, Echuca, uh, actually at the Echuca community Christian church which had suitable grounds and buildings for them to set up a base and uh, they get feedback from the the churches they actually contacted the ministers and ha- of of quite a number of the churches in Echuca and there was a great response 
from them in supporting um, the efforts they were going to be doing. So uh, we've been there. They've spent a lot, lot of time both in Rochester and in um, Echuca Village. And so uh, there's been a lot of help given, but there's still a lot to be done. And uh, they actually clean up the houses, take out the plaster, um, clean out uh, the mud, and generally try and restore the places so as builders can come in and rebuild and uh, fix them up for them. But they, they operate on a basis of a, um, volunteers and uh, any person can put their hand up and go up to them for a day or a week. There's some that stay several days and go out on the sites and work. Um, but it's, it's an area where they say, their, their slogan is, um, Samaritan's Purse, helping in Jesus' name. And their objective is to be a witness uh, for God and for the work of Christians in society when there is um, some sort of natural disaster. So, yeah, if, if by chance you're interested or any of your friends or people you know, you would be welcomed. Um, there are pamphlets, some out there, and, and I've got some. Um, there's a, bar, uh, a barcode you scan and put your name in um, on the day that you think you'll go or could go. Um, they did say if people came from Bendigo, they'd try and focus them in Rochester. So you didn't have to go all the way. But anyway, um, if you're interested, by all means, put your hand up or come and have a talk to me. And uh, I'll tell you what I know. God bless. Thank you, Lois. Thank you, Lois. Yeah. So, well, I think the coffee's going to be um, on shortly. And um, good morning. Still morning? Good morning and God, God bless you. You're all good. Thank you.